Mr. Angel, my client, Monsieur Louis Sapper. Do you by chance remember the name Johnny Favorite? My interest is only in finding out if he's alive or if he's dead. You want me to check it out? A private detective paid to snoop around. He's dead, Mr. Angel. Well, you know what they say about slugs. They always leave slime in their tracks. Are you afraid? Yeah, I'm afraid. I'm a murder suspect already in two cases. Did you kill him? No, but the cops might think I did. The Prince of Darkness protects the powerful. The egg is the symbol of the soul. Did you know that? I feeling I've met you before. definitely first blood your name name is mitch Mitch. and i'm christopher and we are a horror movie podcast we talk about horror movies from the 70s 80s the 90s are standing on sunday and today hi hi (laughs) i can't believe i keep forgetting how the intro to our own podcast goes i know it's my last 120 this is our 121st episode so wow we're in the we're in the 22nd century (laughs) like sherlock holmes what? I have no idea. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Uh, did you book at all this week? Yes. Uh, dedicated listeners of the show may remember <laughs> me reviewing the first half of Red Moon, the werewolf political yeah, whatever, which was under the horror section of the library. And it was which long, is when I listened to it. Right? Yes. I believe it was almost 24 hours long. And... How was um, the rest of it? I, if I remember um, correctly, you were sort of like eh, not loving the first half. No, it kept on the exact same speed the entire book. Like it, it was, was it on cruise control, plotting at exactly the exact like same trajectory. Uh, there was a lot of annoying coincidences that I hated. Uh, one of those. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess you don't. If you if you're the protagonist of a book, interesting mm. things had better happen to you. Yeah. <laughs> but when there's several protagonists and a lot of interesting things just happen to one specific one of them mm-hmm. surviving a terrorist attack, the sole survivor of a terrorist attack. Yeah. Uh, and then you uh, happen to deploy. You join the military. You jo- go to another country. You happen to come across your father who has gone missing Ooh. years earlier. Are you spoiling any of this? Who cares? Don't listen to this book or read it. 
Yes, I am spoiling this. And then you ended up by um, somehow finding the only cure for werewolf disease in the history of time, but you use it on yourself. What is it? Is it the flower from Ginger Snaps? No, this one of the minor main characters, uh, a biological chemist researcher who's uh-huh. been working his whole life to develop the okay. vaccine, develops the vaccine, oh, and, well, that's and then dies. And that is, is awful coincidental, one, yeah. It's the one last vial they have. Oh, dear. Yeah. Oh, man, let me tell you, this mo- book movie... Book movie, movie book, really the movie book, the movie. I got really okay. Now imagine without spoiling the entire thing, although it doesn't matter, literally doesn't matter in the end. Mm-hmm. So this sounds like some underworld style political uh, supernatural creature. Was, well, but I guess also true blood, yeah, which I think I said last time. One of the other main characters was a governor who is an anti-werewolf governor who uh, becomes the president eventually on a rising tide of anti-werewolf hysteria, which he ferments. But he's secretly a frigging werewolf himself. Everyone's a werewolf. Because the werewolf terrorist bit him in order to ruin his life, which it sort of did because he's a werewolf now. Yeah, true. Smart. These and, clever terrorists. You know those presidents of the United <laughs> States? It was, okay, for a book written in 2013, and for a book that, where I didn't really love the characters, yeah. any of them, okay. it predicted Donald Trump very, very well. Because <laughs> okay. that's what exactly who this character was, openly, like, uh, womanizing, lying, blah, blah, blah. Ugh, but people love him for it. Gross. So anyways, it ends with him, like... After the Pacific Northwest has turned into a nuclear wasteland where the werewolves uh, run around if they want to in anarchy, Uh, he goes in, the president of the United States goes in solo, (laughs) rogue style. Where will we summer? Exactly. Going after the kid who found the vaccine. Hmm. Sounds very complicated. It sucked. Honestly, I don't think I could tell you a single thing you just told me. It ends. Okay. So the whole point of this, the werewolf terrorists are trying to be left alone. Yes. Into their own version of Israel in Russia. Okay. Basically, the werewolf homeland that was gifted to them following World War II or something. Uh, I know. It sucked. Okay. This book sucked. (laughs) Um no offense if you happen to have written it and you're listening to this because I haven't done anything. I hope not. It fucking so the whole time. It's just not for you too, right? Like this could yes. be someone's favorite book. Oh yeah, it's plenty just like of people a... on Goodreads love it, but plenty of people agree with me. Yeah, it's like the movies we talk about. There's a lot of tell, <laughs> and then right when the most interesting thing happens, it cuts away to build suspense, and you'd come back after it's happened. It's hmm. maddening. It doesn't seem like a very booky thing. The werewolf except terrorists. for in those like. R.L. Steins. Yes. The werewolf terrorists just want to be left alone. Yeah. And they keep attacking different American power installations and doing terrorist attacks and everything to be okay. like, leave us alone. As you do. In the end, the one guy who's left just goes around to different corn manu- corn processing plants and dumps werewolf remains into the food because it's a prion, which is like a protein that can survive being heated and everything okay and you can get it from eating eating it it. so he's turning all of america through corn into werewolves 
Hmm. Why did they do any of this in the fucking first place? <laughs> it made me so angry because this is such a simple, easy solution that any idiot could have thought of. I thought of it. How do they dispose of werewolf remains safely? Because it's just like mad cow disease. You know, they can't it dispose spreads. of that shit. Yeah. Exactly. Spreads very easily. Uh, but no, they never cover that at all. Werewolf dispo- remains disposal or blood or anything like that in, mm-hmm. in any sort of depth. They could have done this the whole fucking book, but no, 24 hours, and that's where it ends. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh. Let me Definitely t- seems like a very frustrating ending. Yes. I'm sorry I've been talking about this for literally half an hour. Yeah. But... <laughs> you have not been, and it's good you don't. Yes, that's my. It's got you keyed up. That's my mini book that's review. Cool. There's so many things about this book that I could talk about. Do you have any more in the pipeline that you're like planning to listen to? Um. Uh, no, I've started listening to this British one whose name I can't remember and that I might not finish. So I'm not even going to mention it beyond that. Oh, okay. But maybe I will. It's a ghost story. Ooh. Ooh. Very spooky. And that's it. I see. Hi. Red Moon. Red Moon. It's a good name. Yeah. Sounds like it would be a good movie name. It would be. Not a good movie. It though. would. Well, no. It probably would have been a better, like, HBO short <laughs> series or something where mm-hmm. you could probably believe some of it a little bit more. But because all of the. Everyone was written. So similarly, they talk the same. They talk just like the omniscient narrator, where I was like, oh, I just can't. You can't. It's like a one it was solid. like a monotonous voice. One solid piece that you couldn't attack. Gotcha. Very frustrating. It does sound frustrating. I won't read it. So you don't have to worry. <laughs> okay. I won't. <laughs> you know, the interesting, it's called Red Moon, because you know what else is red? Hearts for Valentine's Day. That's true. Oh, is that why you chose this one? No, I did not actually know that until we were watching it. I chose this one because it it's was an erotic, an erotic horror movie. Yeah. Um, that just happened to be a very happy coincidence that's really that funny. February 14th and Valentine's Day features throughout. They're coming up, which was easy to forget in this completely monotonous year. Yeah. Yeah. So. Hi. We're talking about Angel Heart. 1987. Rated X film. Hmm. Because of all of the nudity. It is directed by Alan Parker, who also directed Bugsy Malone, Fame, uh, the second version of Another Brick in the Wall, Evita, and Angela's Ashes. It was written by, well, it's based on a novel called Falling Angel by William Schwartzberg, who also wrote Legend, which is one of my favorite movies. Uh, and Alan Parker, the director, also wrote. Well, I assume he wrote the screenplay. Mm-hmm. Anywho, it stars Lisa Bonet as Epiphany Proudfoot, probably most widely known as having been on The Cosby Show and mm-hmm. being fired for participating in this movie and being topless. <gasps> oh, no, that's terrible. I didn't know that. Mick- but I don't know anything about anything. So. Mickey Rourke as Harry Angel. Robert De Niro as Louis... Cypher, mm-hmm. Lucifer, Charlotte Rampling as Margaret Cruzmark, who we've talked about before in Orca. There was also Dan Florick from SVU, uh, Brownie McGee as Toots Sweet, and Kathleen Wilhoyt, who we've talked about in Fire in the Sky and Witchboard. She was Zarabeth in Witchboard. Okay. She was the nurse that he gets the information from oh, at the, the, the yeah. place. Yeah. 
art. Wow. Okay. So if I told you that the director originally wanted Robert De Niro to play Harry Angel. What? And Robert De Niro didn't want to do that. Yeah, no shit. And then he met with Jack Nicholson Uh, before they went with Mr. Rourke. Jack Nicholson couldn't do it after China. Oh, 100% no. What what did you think of this movie? I just want to get it out of the way. I loved this movie. <laughs> I thought it was really good. I mean, I thought it was really good, but it... It I was mean, not as good not as Serpent in the Rainbow, which no. features similar themes. Yes, I was going to say that. It also reminded me of Apocalypse Now. Okay. Because of the, like, going deeper... I should have looked at the cinematographer. Deeper and deeper no, and deeper into this investigation and the nightmarish imagery and everything, yeah. which I always love in movies like this, just like the nightmarish imagery and, for example, the new Suspiria, how it was, like, mystifying. It came out of nowhere. It's never contextualized, but it works. It's also seemingly... Like, we didn't watch it in order. Like, it's mm-hmm. a little bit out of order. Mm-hmm. So I'd be curious to watch it again and, like, look for things like his wounds and stuff to see yes. sort of if you could line it up that way or something. But unable to do that right That's now. That's fine. Because we're talking about it. Uh, and I could have done that beforehand, but you know what? No. Well, you also hadn't seen this before, had you? No, this was my first yeah. time seeing it. So it's always easier to anticipate how you're going to understand the movie. Than oh, 100%. Actually do it. I mean, I will say... Uh, there were times when I wasn't fully sure what was going on in the movie. Okay, yes, I agree. But in general, I knew exactly what was happening. It does have some themes that are pretty wild, Mm -hmm. but I think it works. In terms of the context of the movie, I thought it didn't seem unnecessary. You can suspend your disbelief very easily. For sure. And it also wasn't plotting no, especially I, for a movie that's longer than the ones that we have been doing recently. One hundred percent, and it's weird to do a movie that's like actually, you know, like good, good, and not just like fun, good. Yes, definitely. it's been a while. I think since we've done like a a long time, a big Hollywood horror one. Anyway, yes, and this was a big Hollywood horror one. Was it for the time? Yeah, I've never it's fairly heard of it well before. like received too. I feel like it's nuts because usually, I mean, usually the ones that we have never heard of are the ones that are not widely seen. Yeah. But I feel like over the years, I would have read the Wikipedia synopsis to this. I know. I actually can't believe that it's taken me so long to watch this. I think it was probably like their X rating probably was what turned me away from it. If I had ever read about it before. That's, yeah. Just sort of been like, oh, well, I don't really care too much about what's going on there the horror is incidental Mm -hmm. just like a sex movie yeah i might have even this might have been on tv once like my mom might have watched this movie Mm -hmm. at some point i do seem to remember robert de niro as the devil but isn't he also the devil in um the one with keanu reeves you're asking the wrong guy not dangerous liaisons i'm really sorry Uh, whatever it doesn't matter so we open on a spooky alley uh it's the dirty city, baby. New York herself. There's a cute dog and cat. Yes. Who were perhaps agents of Mr. Lucifer. Perhaps. It's New York in 1955. Mm-hmm. We meet Harry Angel, who's a pretty typical looking noir gumshoe. Yep. Who hates chickens. He hates, that's his thing. Never resolved, really. Or explained. It's explained. To, oh, because. Because of, of all of the voodoo shit. Oh, I see. So it. 
because what it's hard to explain i guess no but that makes to like break it down like he is the guy so i think but he's trying to like not be the guy he has an unconscious aversion to change exactly yes yes uh so it's interesting this is new york 1955 which is 30 years ago for the audience watching it then can you imagine that no well 30 30 30 years ago from now is 1991 i know but that is more believable to me than going from the 50s to the 80s true i guess yeah probably not at the time though you were probably like "Eh." i guess i would say it would probably be like bigger going from like 65 to 95 yeah, like seventy to yeah, that's very true. Two thousand. Uh, we see the inside of his office. His his desk is filled with various brochures, uh, knives, an empty pad of paper, but the full <laughs> pad just empty. And he gets a call. Does a little joke about mm-hmm. attorneys are lawyers, but the bills are bigger. And it's Mister Louis Sifre. How did they say his last name in it? Uh, I don't know, and I did not say it. Uh, Louis Cipher. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he heads over there, and he walks past this grieving family into yeah. this church. It's all it's all red and lush looking. And I was like, so vibrant. Why is he going into this church right now? And there's a service. It's one of those like prosperity pastors who's like, give me mm-hmm. all your money, because that's what God wants. And he presumably gave his soul, right? Yes presumably to be successful exactly and there is a woman cleaning blood off the wall yes because they say it was one of his parishioners Mm -hmm. shot himself in the head but as we know from the end it was because he stole someone's soul yes exactly yes like they did the ceremony with this guy that's good to know and she is just scrubbing away at this big thing of blood yeah i liked it it Mm -hmm. was really effective Mm -hmm. unsettling as to why it was there and when he finally gets to meet Cypher, <laughs> there's a close-in on his, like, long manicured nails. Like, perfect. They're perfect. Pointed, gelled. He's giving you, like, Gary Oldman in Dracula yes. <laughs> sort of vibes. Yes, like an arch fayness. Angel wants to know how he got his number, because lots of people call him, because mm-hmm. it starts with A, and it's Angel. It's in the phone book, you know. It's the first one. They don't want to go down, which I did know because when I was growing up, my father read me a book about city rats. Yeah, the Terry Pratchett ones, right? No, it was like a real book about real rats. Oh, city rats. Rats in the city. (laughs) Not uh, city rats. Like rats rats as a concept, basically. And they, they interviewed exterminators who were like, yeah, the reason why we're triple A number one is because if you're... There's so many triple A's. Yeah. But if you're A1, you're the very first one. Exactly. Yeah. Or there was another one that was like, we had, we fought like hell and we got an exclamation mark. It was our first. (laughs) I was like, wow. I like it. I know, but now that's all dead now that Yellow Pages don't exist. I know. Now it's all about SEO. Exactly. Tell me about it. So Cypher asks him about Jimmy Favorite, mm-hmm. who is, as we know at this point, I mean, obviously we find out later mm-hmm. his whole deal, but at this point he's this like big crooner 
who ultimately ended up getting drafted and mm-hmm. then got a bunch of head injuries and became brain dead, or so it seems. He returned to America a zombie in a private hospital. And they need to, uh, like, Harry to go find him because his contract is still up. Mm-hmm. It's all very sinister. And the whole time, the atmosphere is very good. Yes, very, very good. And it's awkward and, like, I don't know, just very good. And I liked how, David, oh, did you serve Mr. Hart? Well, uh, yeah, I went there, but I got all fucked up immediately and left. So I didn't really get to experience the war. Exactly. I don't know. I don't know about you, but basically right off the bat, I was like, mm. oh, yeah, I I think I don't think that they were trying to hide it. OK, super hard. Good. I think you were just trying to sort of figure out how, how, the how house. it all fit. In. Yes. yes, definitely. Because I knew the whole time, too. But also it wasn't him the whole time. I mean, it was, but it wasn't. Sort of like a get-out situation. Yes, where he's embedded himself, but also forgotten who he is mm-hmm. at the same time, which is really real good fuck you right there. So off Harry goes, thinking about this conversation, mm-hmm. and they do like a psycho where he's homage. Driving, it was really good. And driving, he hears like the, the conversation. He's hearing the conversations. I was like, oh, that whistling's going to come back, which it does. So he gets to this institute and flips through all of his IDs, trying mm-hmm. to find one that'll work, and as if to show he has many identities. Uh-oh. So he asks, he like charms the nurse, basically, because yes. he's very charming. And is he handsome? It's okay. When you said it was supposed to be Robert De Niro, I was like, it wasn't supposed to be Bruce Willis. Okay, yes, he does look and act a lot like Bruce Willis, but Mickey Rourke is, I would say, a better actor than Mr. Willis. Yes, definitely. Uh, But that's just who this performance reminded me of. So hardcore. I don't know. It was was wild to me. It was really good. But it was also so on the nose. You know what I mean? But I guess that's part of the point. And Harry notices right away when he gets to see the, the records from Mr. Johnny Favorite, mm-hmm. that his death date has been written on there in ballpoint pen, yep. which wouldn't have been around in 1943. Oh, very clever, clever, clever. Uh, and he needs to get the name of the old doctor who is on all of these forms, who's he, Dr. Fowler. He's only here part-time now. so naturally, he's so fucking old and addicted to morphine. Yeah, naturally, what you do is, as a detective in any one of these movies, you break into the guy's house and you wait there in the dark for him to come back and get morphine out of the fridge. <laughs> I liked it when he was sort of waiting for him to come in, there was a lot of tension. I liked the music as well. Oh, definitely. And there, there's like empty syringes everywhere. Mm-hmm. It, it's like a grubby, gross apartment. He has a lot, a lot of morphine. Like a, a lot. A lot. <laughs> I was surprised. And so the doctor gets in, mm-hmm. he finds Harry sitting in the darkness and he interrogates the guy. This actor had the biggest under eye bags. Yes. He looked awful. He they do a really, really good job at making did. people look like shit in this movie. Yes. They were not afraid to do it, and they did it when they needed to. Uh, and he's. we also have figured out he's got a, a Bible and a revolver upstairs in the bed. Uh-oh. Yes. Which they sort of show us. But we know that the revolver is not loaded. Yes, which they also show us. Because when they find him later, 
it was in the Bible, Uh-oh. which is an interesting thing this movie does, I think. Yes. And so he starts interrogating the guy, mm-hmm. and his method is to deprive him of morphine to get he, him to talk. I love that he just is like, okay, we're going to bed, and I'm going to lock you in. And I'm going to go get a burger. I guess. And it shows the fan blowing different ways as if to show a shift in reality. Well, this fan is a recurring thing. Yes. And I think it's to show the, like, the... Oh, definitely. What's real and what's yes. not, yeah. Nobody knows. It's also important to note that nobody knows what Johnny looks like because it, he had extensive facial reconstruction. Yes, apparently. Before they released him. Right before they released him, he had an extensive facial reconstruction, which is convenient. And presumably it was magically done. Yes, presumably. Well, we know it was magically yes. done because mm-hmm. this is not his body. Mm-hmm. So while Harry is out walking, he starts hearing his name being called. Mm-hmm. And I really liked the scene too. There's like a swinging door and two nuns. And, and everything's a, dripping blood. A bowl of water with blood in it and an elevator that opens. He just looks and he's like, nope. And no. he turns around and leaves. Do, do, do. Let's go. To go to the diner. It was a very effective scene. Yes. We got our piano riff. Yeah. Like I love those piano. piano keys. It's like, dude. Then he goes back to the doctor's mm-hmm. house and finds him with his eyes shot. And he's like, oh no, he he killed himself after all. Like he said he was he's got his to. wife's photo on his chest, mm-hmm. the Bible, that's beside the gun. So Bible he, he decides to take this gun yeah. and he like wipes everything down for Prince. So that way it doesn't look like a suicide. And then leaves. Uh-oh. Smart. But also, I when we were watching this, I was like, how do you shoot yourself in the eye? Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't know what I thought during that. I thought the same thing, but um, also we've watched a lot of Unsolved Mysteries where they will find the craziest non-suicides and be like, oh, yeah, that's a suicide. Definitely, definitely 100%. I agree with that. <laughs> uh, that was a suicide. But I, I was like, why, like, if he's the one coming across it rather than the, the cops, why? Yeah. Anyways, doesn't matter. He goes to his next meeting with Cypher. hmm who in this scene has hard-boiled eggs that he's peeling the whole time and he's comparing them to a soul. Because an egg is like a soul, you Mm. know? And he's shedding the shell to see the soul inside. The real thing inside. Just like what's happening. Do you want one? And I like that too. Robert De Niro says to him, would you like an egg? (laughs) Like he's like, hey, do you want a soul? Like, hey, you don't have one of these, Mr. Man. (laughs) Okay, so something I'm curious about in regards to this is was this part of Cypher's like thing was he had to get him to realize who he was I thought maybe uh he was so pissed that he had to chase him down like this that he was like I'm gonna torture him and make him do all this shit to these people (gasps) oh oh my god 
Or is that his, is he already in hell? Hey, could be. It's a Jacob's Ladder situation. <laughs> it could be a Jacob's Ladder situation. Actually, you know what? That sort of makes sense, which, because he's, it's everything is out of order. Mm-hmm. It also Maybe looks, that is the situation. It looks like the 30s. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of the time. Basically, this scene is just Cypher um, being like, I'll pay you money, $5,000, because Harry's like, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm out. Oh, well, then, for $5,000. Tempting him with money. Mm-hmm. I Maybe he did. Ha- I think perhaps he had to lure him maybe. back in and like get him to realize who he was before he could. But I, I also think it was like, a, I'm going to I'm gonna make you kill. Like toying with your with prey. That, yeah, yeah, exactly. So Harry goes back to the church mm-hmm. to see all of the blood is cleaned up. And he gets in his thoughts and finds an altar with burning candles and taxidermy. And wax and a weird monkey thing. And Meanwhile, outside, there is a parade carrying the preacher mm-hmm. through the streets. In like, I forget what they're called. A divan? One of those things that they like. Yeah. It's use. like <laughs> it's like a coffin, but you're alive where four people carry you. Lady Gaga did it, it once at the MTV. Yeah, where she was in an egg. Video awards or whatever. Yeah. Cadillac? I don't know. Harry goes down to the like stage yeah. area of this church mm-hmm. and he sees someone all black all black and then he gets ambushed by two guys and a chase ensues yes he runs into the street and he runs into the parade he ends up knocking the preacher down oh no how embarrassing and he gets all (laughs) fucked up against a car Uh uh-oh and then he goes to meet his date Mm -hmm. who has photos of johnny and the two of them start having sex slowly stripping She's while she gives the entire backstory. A sexy lady reporter. She is. Mm-hmm. Johnny Favorite was a crooner, like you said. I didn't realize he was so big. He used to be in a band called the Spider Simpson Orchestra. They're all dead. Only spiders here in town. Oh, yeah? Where is he? I wrote it all down. The dyke in our cuttings library is getting suspicious. My boss hasn't researched the story in years. You can get the files. Spiders in an old people's home. On 138th Street. Oh, wonderful. I get to go to Harlem again. There was a picture of Johnny with a guy called Tooth Sweet, a guitar player. Yeah? No one's heard of him for years. Now, here's the juicy bit. He was engaged to a rich broad named Margaret Cruzmark. Dad Ethan owns half of Louisiana. Met Johnny at a high school prom in New Orleans. Johnny shit on her and she went back home to Daddy. Oh, yeah. There's lots of her spells. Spells? Mm-hmm. What do you mean, spells? I mean, like, uh, I have a new told the frog, that kind of shit? Seems she's a bit of a crackpot, casting uh. spells at society dues and stuff. Didn't go down too well at the Ivy League studios. Oh, yeah. She was known as the Witch of Wellesley. The Witch of Wellesley. Did I do good? Yeah, you did great. So what do I got? I got some kind of religious loony for a client. I gotta find Johnny Golden Tonsils. We don't know where he is. He probably doesn't know who he is. I got a geriatric band leader in a home in Harlem. I got a guitar player called Toot Sweet. What else I got? A hard on? He does have some kind of like flashback 
of kissing a woman after the war or something. Yes, it's it's nineteen. The first of our many flashbacks. Ooh, there's there's confetti in the air. We get a really beautiful montage of shots with a guy walking up the stairs, and then there's a red window. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was, I thought it was really great. Visually, I really love this movie. A nightmare scene, basically. Mm-hmm. And Harry gets on his little recorder thing, mm-hmm. and he recaps everything that's happened, including him going to visit some guy who was the drummer in favorite's old band and the band leader who tells him about toot sweet who was the old guitar player Mm -hmm. and then he learned he also learned that johnny had a secret love in a woman named evangeline proudfoot who owned a esoteric store in harlem Mm -hmm. and he was also dating a card reader named madame zora and he goes to coney island to yes. find more information about her. And there's a guy stunning himself by the beach. This in, scene was so gross. It in the clouds. Mm-hmm. Scratching his balls the whole time. There's no sun. He's got a nose, nose protector thing that hangs from your glasses and makes you look like a real doofus. Beautifully framed yes. with the sky in the background. Mm-hmm. He's like, my wife might uh, know more than me. And his yeah. wife is just standing in the ocean because she's put on weight. And she it will her, help with her varicose veins. And she hates the ocean, but she still stands in it. Excuse me! I was just talking to your husband over there. I was inquiring about a Madame Zora. Yeah, I knew her before the war. Madame Zora, you say? Yeah, she was some kind of gypsy fortune teller. Yeah, she used to have the booths across the boardwalk from me. She weren't no gypsy, she was a debutante. She was messing with Morton reading tea leaves. Did you ever see her with a guy called Johnny Favorite? Yeah, he was cute. Used to visit her all the time. She was real stuck on him. The guy with the golden tonsils, he used to call him. I knew all his tunes. Hey, did you ever hear of a, of a Margaret Cruzmark? Don't be a gazoony fella. Madame Zora was Margaret Cruzmark. Well, what happened to her? Packed up her stuff one day and closed up for good. Went back home, down south. You have any idea where I could find Johnny Favorite? No, maybe the cemetery. Want to hear one of his tunes? I cry for you. Now it's your turn to cry. And she knows everything. Everything. And she's so happy to tell him while he is standing in the water in his, like, brogues. Madame Zora is actually a rich woman Mm -hmm. named Margaret Cruzmark in Louisiana. Of course. This character had a lot of snazzy sayings, too. Like, oh, you big... Do you think she was using real carny language? I don't know. Her, Her husband did, too, the bite the heads off rats. Ugh. Stuff. It's just strange. So Harry heads down south, and he very quickly finds an ad for Madame Zora's mm-hmm. tarot readings. And then he hops onto a streetcar that she's on, stares at the back of her head. Just basically stalks her to her home. And he goes back to her place, which is this sprawling, beautiful apartment, mm-hmm. complete with servants, of course. Of course. French speaking. Yep. One thing we haven't really touched upon yet is that this movie is framed with like the the churches of the south and oh, of yes. harlem 
Definitely. Predominantly black, but not only the black churches. Mm-hmm. So like the, is that Baptist? Yeah, I would assume so. And then the the voodoo practitioners as mm-hmm. well. And both of them are sort of framed like, ooh, these are weird and spooky. Yes. When in reality, it's like Catholicism Which that they is also, responsible for everything. And they But they also compare it directly to Catholicism later when they're in the church oh yeah they do they do yeah Hmm. so i guess it was more just like a and with the southern baptism like with the white people when they're getting baptized as he's driving over that weird bridge yeah i saw that i thought it was more like look at all of this nonsense and religious conversion and people supposedly like wiping away the sins but like it doesn't really actually matter wow shit because of all the evil that's you're right regardless doesn't like, matter. What's in your soul is what matters. But like Lucifer's literally in the church and it doesn't matter. And he's like, don't swear in here later. Margaret and Harry really interrogate each other yes, upon meeting each other. And he gives Johnny's birth date, which is February 14th, which she immediately recognizes and says she knew someone with that, that birthday before. Mm-hmm. But as we know, like she was there, right? So she knew who he was the whole time. Like, because she would have seen, presumably, yeah. I don't know. Well, if he had bandages all over his head, still, and then they released him into the crowd, didn't they? Yeah, but didn't she help with taking the man, or did they just release him at first? And that that happened before he went to the war Mm. because he got drafted after he, no, no, no. It was 1943, right? New Year's Eve, 1943. Mm-hmm. So maybe it was right before they shipped out or something. I'm not sure. Then she starts doing his chart and he confronts her about Johnny. She maintains that Johnny is dead. Yes, or at least dead to me. And he notices she has a necklace that looks just like uh, Cypher's signet yes. ring. Uh-oh. It's a pentagram. And then Harry goes to an esoteric shop Mm -hmm. with the same name as Evangeline Proudfoot's to look for information, and he learns that she got sick and she died. And he buys roots for a buck twenty. And he goes out to her old house and sees her daughter, Epiphany, washing her hair and taking care of her son. Didn't the woman he buys roots from, Mm -hmm. isn't she like, oh, do you want a terrain or something like that? I'm not sure. I only say that because later it, it does rain. Maybe. Yeah. And I noted it at the time. I was like, oh, maybe well, he's you're like probably right, buying yeah. this stuff and he doesn't realize what I he's buying. I was too engrossed in the movie to take super detailed notes yeah. this time, I think. No, I had a hard time doing it. Like, I got behind very frequently. It was very visually uh, engrossing, unlike some of the movies we watch, mm-hmm. where it's like <laughs> VHS quality, black <laughs> on black. The scene with Epiphany is really, like, it's interesting because it's in such stark contrast to a lot of the other movie where mm-hmm. it's, like, sunny and Outside, bright. There's, like, a soft filter <laughs> over it. Yep. And she, he's just, like, so taken with her name. Like, mm-hmm. oh, Epiphany. That's great. She seems flirty with him, too, despite the age difference that we later learn is... Uh, substantial substantial i also like when he's approaching her he tries to be all suave and he like a dog gets him the chicken he trips over a bunch of chickens who hate him uh and her son also cries is like "Uh uh-oh this is no good (laughs) she's also washing her hair the whole time Mm -hmm. 
which is a bit rude. Like, she's busy. And he's like, oh, shake my hand while you're washing your hair. Rude. And he goes to see Toots Sweet. And he first poses as a journalist researching Johnny Favorite. Mm-hmm. And he starts asking about the... They go to the bathroom and there's this, like, chicken yeah. foot tied with black ribbon. And he starts asking him about it and ultimately ends up getting carried out of the bar by the bouncers. Yeah, I like this because when he's interviewing Toot Sweet at first, Toot Sweet mentions the Two Sisters cocktail. Mm-hmm. And then he never shuts the fuck up about it for the rest <laughs> of the interactions. Loves it. Yes, he loves it so much. He's all about it. So from there, he's like he waits for Toots to get done. Mm-hmm. And then he follows him through the night smoke and the mm-hmm. swamp mist. One time where night smoke actually makes sense. Yes. Because it's in the swamps. Louisiana swamps. Yes. Definitely. And he sneaks up, even though he would be obviously seen uh, on spying epiphany and others dancing at a Doing ritual. A, a ritual. It's very intense. And they slaughter a chicken and they go into a trance under the blood and et cetera. It's great. I really liked it. Mm-hmm. And he leaves, he doesn't stay there very long and then he gets a head start to go to Toot's house mm-hmm. where he jumps out and then the two of them fight and Angel gets his hand slashed. With the razor blade. Ouch. And we learn that Epiphany is a mumba just like her mother. Ooh. Oh my gosh. This is great. Especially and, for her age. And uh, he sees that Toots' tooth has this, the symbol of the sigil on it. Oh, I didn't he notice that. tooth. And when... Oh, sweet. Yeah. They oh, zoom in too. on it when he's, like, touching his mouth. <laughs> then he has a nightmare mm-hmm. sort of thing where he leaves the office and he starts bleeding profusely yep. while seeing the, the black figure. In front of an electric chair. And uh, he also, whatever, he, he wakes up, wakes up right and there's two cops in this At in the second place. he's going to touch the black figure, he wakes up. It's like the devil's shroud, mm-hmm. like the shroud of Turin, I guess. The cops are just knocking all of the shit over in his apartment. And he learns that Toots was murdered, and he had his dick chopped off and then shoved down his throat. And then he suffocated on his, his genitals. own genitals. Uh-oh. And Harry asks the one cop if he saw the Mickey Mouse Club, mm-hmm. because it's Wednesday, and anything, anything can, can happen. happen day. Hey. watch the mickey mouse club because you know what today today is today is wednesday so anything can happen there he starts that, having this movie had a very david lynch quality to it and he starts having more flashbacks mm-hmm. about new year's eve 1943 and yep. this big street party it's like harry on the phone staring at himself in like a phone booth and he's calling Miriam while or, or whatever her name Margaret. is Margaret there's also the elevator mm-hmm. scene spliced in there which it's I really like because it, it's down. great which leads us to believe that it's out of order probably right yeah like he's probably maybe in who knows I don't know again we're not really thing. sure so he goes back to Margaret's apartment mm-hmm. and he finds her disemboweled. Oh no, this is the worst. He has a very hard time with it. He half-heartedly looks through her jewelry and mm-hmm. stuff, even finding a mummified hand. A withered hand, which all the while. is from a con- convicted murderer or something, right? Yes, who the hand was cut off while he was hanging but still alive. It's the hand of destiny. Ooh. 
again, really well done with this intercut scene of uh, kid tap dancing. Tap dancing, yep. Harry's also looking pretty rough by this point. He's all sweaty. He's having a bad time. He finds, oh, look, it's her heart cut out on a sheet of paper. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, got to get rid of all the evidence that I was ever here. <laughs> Even though I touched literally everything in this apartment. And we get him back at the bar, get the crazy baptizing in the river scene mm-hmm. with the whites as he's driving, getting followed. And he stops at the seafood place where the guys following him sick their dog on him and beat him with a bat. Yes, and ruin this guy's crawdad catch. I know. Essentially, all these delicious looking oysters. Only because uh, he, I feel like he didn't, he he was just like, oh, thank God they're selling oysters. (laughs) So I have a reason to talk to them and lose this tale. It was a lucky coincidence for sure. It really was. Then he, after getting beaten up, he goes to see Epiphany to ask her about the voodoo ritual he saw her doing. Mm And she tells him that Johnny Favorite is her father. Uh-oh. And he tells her that she has beautiful eyes. He cannot fucking stop hitting on her, and it's nasty. At this point, I was very concerned that he was her father. Mm-hmm. And uh, semantics that later. Semantics the right word? Like, it's it's him, but in a different... But it's also not corpus. him. Corpus. Yeah. Remembering things as this person. <laughs> question mark question mark and harry goes back to his hotel Mm -hmm. and there has been a message left for him Mm -hmm. and he's in really rough shape he touches a a hard time he touches a child's face while walking up the stairs as you do and he goes to the catholic church which is this weird juxtaposition to the other churchy Mm -hmm. scenes because it's so serene and and that's where the devil is and sterile very white yes so He's uh, there to meet Cypher. And he's talking Lucifer. to Cypher. Oh, or we should just call him Lucifer. <laughs> sure. Uh, I haven't found Johnny, but there's three corpses, and people will think I killed them, except for the one that I was like, I've hidden all the evidence that I was ever there. And it includes Margaret, who Lucifer says he never met. Ah. He just sort of knew, knew her. He'd heard of her. Interesting. So I she, didn't catch that, but that makes Her and her sense. dad were JV shit, anyway, yes. we learn. Mm-hmm. So back at his room, he finds Epiphany's waiting for him, and they share a drink. He, he basically... It was preposterous. It's pouring rain. She's curled up by the door like she's a little kitten. And then he's like, here, drink half of this giant glass of booze with me. She says her mom told her that Johnny was evil and that he was great at sex. Mm-hmm. And also, she's 17. 17. Isn't that a little young to have, have a, a kid? You fucking jackass. But she also says that she doesn't know who the father of mm-hmm. her baby is, and it's perhaps supernaturally related to the best fuck of her life. Yes. Yes. Uh-oh. And they start dancing with each other, mm-hmm. kind of. It's more like... She's being held up by him, and um, then they start kissing really hard. They're oh, they're kissing. They have sex. It's a pretty graphic mm-hmm. sex scene. While it rains blood, well, it's it's leaking so bad. Lots of screaming. Water's coming from everywhere, and then it turns into blood. It was honestly an awesome scene. Yes, I didn't want to like it because pretty gross that she's seventeen. He's like thirty six mm-hmm. and whatever, but shit 
It was so well done. It was so spooky. It was very spooky. And they both do such. A, she does such a good job acting during yes. it. She and really she's like does. Screaming and he's choking her out. Well, and they're really just like flopping around on each other. It starts out hot and heavy, and it turns a scary, violent assault in the end. Yeah, sort of Rosemary's Baby ish. Very much so. The staccato of the rain hitting the pan and mm-hmm. everything takes the place of like the heartbeat and the tap dancing from other scenes. It's great. Mm-hmm. It was a really nice scene. I yes. really liked it. And I was like, oh, and he's this like is gross, devouring really her, like, like licking yeah. her body, which. Again, yeah, I really hated to see it because he hits on her so hardcore. She, He says, like, oh, you look afraid. But to me, she just looked like, I don't want to be talking to you <laughs> at all. And the next morning, the cops show back up, and mm-hmm. they yell at him. And then... If no Pip- race mixing in Louisiana. Epiphany takes a bath while singing a Johnny Favorite song. Mm-hmm. And Harry looks in the mirror and cries. And then he's walking around, and he spots the guys with the pit bull dog that attacked him earlier. And he starts to beat them up. Yeah. Oh. And the one dude runs away to this barn and starts shooting at him, and they kill a horse, and then the horse kills a dog. And Harry's forced to flee Yes. From his least favorite fowl, the, the chickens. Oh, there's chickens everywhere again. God damn it. Why did it have to be chickens? And then he goes looking for Margaret's father. At the horse races. The well-to-do horse race man. Because he's the guy who bankrolled Johnny's whole escape. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And then there's a big bowl of gumbo yeah. boiling away. Too bad you won't like our gumbo. It tastes great. And I was like, this looks disturbing. I don't know if I want this gumbo. <laughs> it didn't look very good. It looked very watery and brown. I guess maybe it was just starting to boil down. I guess. Truly a gigantic pot of gumbo, though. This old guy tells Harry that they dropped uh, Johnny off on New Year's, 1943. Mm-hmm. And also Margaret and Johnny were into black magic, and they were devil worshippers. And all the while... Uh, Johnny was powerful. Angel is smashing with this, these giant blocks of ice with the ice pick, totally just letting it fall on the floor. This ice is going to waste. I think that's the point of it being in there, right? It's just to cool the room. Like, it's air conditioning ice. Oh, I guess. That makes sense. And Johnny made a pact with Satan mm-hmm. and sold his soul. To be famous. This old guy saw it happen. Mm-hmm. And then Johnny tried to duck out of the deal. And they needed a, sto- a soul to steal. So they took a man from the street, another soldier who was the same age. And mm-hmm. then they ate his heart. Yum, yum. They cut his heart out in the hotel with the spinning fan. And this is when Harry realizes that something is not right here. So he goes to puke. Starts screaming in the mirror, asking who the boy was, because he's catching on that it was him. And Margaret saved the guy's dog tags in a sealed up vase Mm -hmm. in her apartment. Ooh. And then after the screaming, he finds the old guy boiling in gumbo. Mm-hmm. And he runs back to Margaret's apartment to try and find the dog tags. But he's as red as a crawdad in that gumbo. They're in this little, little vase. Which he smashes in the porcelain sink. That we saw earlier as well. Mm-hmm. He just sort of like passed it over. And wouldn't you know mm-hmm. it? Oh, God damn it. It's 
Angel Harold Harold Angel's tags. Harold Angel's tags. And he starts screaming that he is who he is. Just like in Suspiria. Oopsies. I think Suspiria might have borrowed that line a little bit Oopsie from uh, this movie. Oopsie doopsie. Uh, and he's very upset. Uh, and he goes to the parlor and look who's there. Louis Cipher. Lucifer. <laughs> Giving you a name is a dime star joke. Mephistopheles is such a mouthful of Manhattan, Johnny. Do you think posing as the devil is because it scared some superstitious old guitar player and, and that witch and that nutty old man? You think it's going to scare me? <laughs> it ain't. Because I know who I am. And you killed him. You're trying to pin it on me. And I know who I am. Cloven hooves and a pointed tail, would you be more convinced? You're crazy. I know I am. You're trying to frame me. You're trying to frame me. Cypher, I know who I am. You murdered them people. I never killed nobody. I didn't kill Fowler. And, and I didn't kill Toots. And I didn't kill Margaret. And I didn't kill Cruzmark. I didn't kill no one. I'm afraid you did, Johnny. My name's not Johnny. All killed by your own hand, guided by me naturally. Frankly, you were doomed from the moment you slit that young boy in half, Johnny. For 12 years, you've been living on borrowed time and another man's memories. Mickey Rourke in this fucking scene, he must have screamed his fucking lungs out right before filming because his voice is cracking. He sounds terrible. His eyes are like full of tears. It's really great. Yes. He's having a terrible time. And he learns that he killed all of the people guided by Satan's hand. So he didn't really do it because it's sort of a what is free will sort of thing, I guess. Well, we also get to see, because in each of these scenes, we've seen him hold the murder weapon and then put it down Mm -hmm. innocently the the gun and the razor blade and the weird ceremonial dagger thing and i guess the gumbo to a lesser extent (laughs) uh and then it's like oh no so you mean like they died right after this lucifer gets ah spooky eyes Mm -hmm. they're all yellow and he's ha you've got 12 years and a borrowed memories basically puts johnny's record on and Mm -hmm. then harry starts having flashbacks of killing all of the people and then he remembers back to Epiphany screaming during their sex. Uh-oh. And he runs out of the apartment into the pouring rain and back to his hotel where we see that the person in black has been Lucifer the whole time. Oh, I thought the person in black was the soldier. Was it? No, I'm pretty sure it was Lucifer. Oh. To me, it was like this this part he's always trying to like go up and see who this person is and it's the guy whose soul he stole oh interesting yeah. i swear it was robert De Niro's he's like face. marching i don't know though i have no idea <laughs> and then uh he finds epiphany's been murdered 
Yeah, the detective's like, why did you come back, you idiot? Shot up the genitals. Yikes. Gross. And who He's is she? My oh, daughter. I, <laughs> I'm her dad. Uh, also, the baby was there the whole time. And? The baby has evil eyes. Because maybe the baby's the Antichrist. Ah. It would seem that. Yes. Would be my guess. Especially given all of this satanic incest and etc and then it ends with him going down in the elevator that we saw mixed in with the earlier scenes going throughout the entire hell. credits He's i liked it it was a really good way to down make people want to read all of the credits yeah and then it stops at the bottom there's heartbeats and it's over or is it just starting all over again oh fuck <laughs> That I, really know, I really like this movie. No, it sucks to be uh, that guy, though. Uh, uh, I didn't feel like the reveals were just for, like, shock, shock's sake. I do think contextually they made sense. And, I mean, it's not great, obviously, but that's sort of the point. But also, I feel like... They also didn't need to tell us she was 17, you know? Like, she could have been oh, 18. Oh, God, I hated that. <laughs> uh, but I hated the fact that the whole them hooking up and everything. But I also, one something I really liked about it was that in retrospect, it sort of seems like when everyone started telling him, no, all this crazy satanic stuff happened. Like he had actually probably killed them by that point. He was just like hallucinating it. I guess. That was my headcanon of the whole thing. But if he kills them, could you assume then that Lucifer has their souls and he can just like be like, oh, sure. Look at this person. I'm Maybe. creating an illusion in your personal hell I mean, he is satan mm -hmm. so he can probably do that and your your deal was to get famous so then part of the like monkey's pot thing was he got in a plane crash and got his face fucked up yeah he was so famous that they but, sent him to war to entertain people and he yeah but isn't it the ultimate punishment then for him to not even know who he is? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think it's perfect. It's it great. great. Yeah. I am and shocked that it took me this long to watch this movie. Who he had cared about in a previous life. And <sighs> did he though? Well, because it's unclear. it would seem that he was probably just pure evil. Yeah, he did seem like a huge terrible. Like Harry's the humanity. Yeah. I also don't think anything felt like felt uh, exploitive. Not really. No. The scene with the journalist was almost comical. Mm -hmm. There's so much of this of movie. Close-ups. This movie was like so hard-boiled detective on the nose, a hundred percent. I liked it though. Yeah. I think it worked. No, it was very genre. Gumshoe noir. Mm -hmm. Southern Gothic. It's sort of all of those genres mushed into one. Yeah, it really was, actually, now that you mention it. It reminded me of Red Dead Redemption a lot. Okay. Speak on that. Uh, just visually, it was all the exact same sort of architecture was highlighted in New Orleans, and, like, the really gross parts of New York were represented oh, in the cities. I forgot that yeah. you had, like, a... Is it actually New Orleans that you go to in Red Dead Redemption, or is it, like, a proxy? It is the stand-in for New Orleans. Okay, it's, gotcha. You don't... all They're all fake states and stuff mm. like that. Oh, I don't so, think I realized that. Yeah. That's interesting. That's good to know. Mm -hmm. 
Because there was like a Florida too, right? Definitely. With yeah. all those gators. Yeah. It was sort of like Louisiana, Florida area. Mm. But huh. the 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 big town there was definitely based on New Orleans. It had the exact same sort of architecture and everything. So it was like it was very interesting to see it because that game was based at the turn of the century or a little bit afterwards. And yeah, this so one like was 40, 50 years before the events of this movie. Exactly. But like, it, it still looked very similar. You, we talked about the 30 year difference between 1955 and mm-hmm. 1985. What, what about 19, Oh yeah. 25 and 1955. Oh, uh, definitely. I feel like the same, pens. the same couldn't be said for say, uh, 1800 to 1830. Definitely not. I, I feel bet. like, anyways, I don't, I don't know. I, you watched, we weren't there. That's right in the middle of the Industrial Revolution. How right dare, how <laughs> very dare. No, I have no idea about European history, <laughs> or really any history. I shouldn't pretend. I enjoyed this movie. I would recommend this movie. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I, I will watch this movie again. It seemed very expensive. It did. A lot of extras. Yes. Specialized extras. It's great. I liked it. I really liked it. I'm mm-hmm. going gonna, gonna to be thinking about it probably for another day or two mm-hmm. <laughs> and be like, oh, but what about this? Which I always do the day after we record. I'm always texting Mitch like, oh, but what if this meant this and this meant this? Oh, I'm always thinking of like, man, I wish I had said this which or I said kn- it like this instead. Eh. Yeah. So our six degrees of Jamie Lee for this movie. Very quick, very easy. Kathleen Wilhoyt, who mm-hmm. played the nurse, mm-hmm. was in Drowning Mona with Jamie Lee Curtis. Nice. She might also be someone who's appeared in the most movies we've done on the podcast as well. I'll have to think about that. We'll have to send her a crown. Yeah. <laughs> a little button. Mm-hmm. A sticker. I'm number one on Definitely First Blood. Ah, which you can follow on Instagram at Definitely First Blood. On Twitter, Def First Blood. You can email us, but I don't check it very often. Definitely First Blood at gmail.com. And uh, thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time. Yes. When we will be discussing 1993 erotic thriller Sliver. All right, so we have to go because dogs. Bring your tweezers. Okay, bye-bye. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.